Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I'm your host Brandon Yates and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Yang Guang and Tian Yu and today we will be discussing the latest news and talking points from this year's Women's FIFA World Cup which is already breaking attendance and viewership records which is really fantastic for the women's game. And I believe it's the first Women's World Cup with 32 teams participating, which is great proof that women's football is expanding very quickly. So Yang Guang, I mean, we've seen the expansion of the women's game over, I would say, the last four to five years where it's been pretty remarkable in terms of viewership, attendance, you know, financial figures that have been thrown around in terms of, you know, um, demand for equal pay and and that kind of thing. But just from your side, um, what do you think of the status of the women's game globally and why do you think in the last couple of years it's been expanding so so rapidly um yeah the scale of the women's world cup is not the same with what it was like 10 years or 20 years back i still Mm. remember in 2003 and i watched the women's world cup it was supposed to be held in china but due to the impact of sars virus it took place in the us instead I have to say women's football then was not really watched by many. Um, it was even not as popular as the Confederations Cup mm. of men's football, right, uh, right. which has been cancelled because because of its less popularity. But um, look at women's World Cup today. Wow. Um, it has become a big, significant football festival. Um, it's expanded to 32 teams. Many countries are bidding to host the event, uh, which proved to be extremely beneficial in France four years ago. Stats have it that hosting that World Cup helps France gain 280 million euro wow. in GDP growth in 2019. That was a, a successful tournament. No wonder the competition to win the bid to host the Women's World Cup has become increasingly um, fierce. (laughs) And I think the success of women's football growth roots from the elevation of the games themselves. When Barcelona's women's team is playing and you have a stadium aspect, as in Barcelona's men's team, um, you would know how good these women's clubs are. I watched some of the games of the Women's European Championships last year and those powerhouses how they played football, it was following the trend of men's game. Um, Physical, fast-paced, high-pressing, great dribbles. It's something I didn't see back in 2003. Uh, I mean, for a moment, you would mix those games with men's games. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's been interesting because like you said, um, it seems like the athleticism and the quality of play has increased so dramatically recently. And that's in turn, I guess, seen incredible attendance numbers as well. I think for the for the opening game of this year's FIFA's uh, FIFA Women's World Cup, there was almost seventy six thousand people mm-hmm. in the stadium. But do you think that is the uh, the only element that has seen this growth? Is the fact that it's become more professional? And you know, it's it's quite a, it's quite a hard thing to to put your finger on because I suppose it's been competitive for quite some time, but it seems to be a lot more viewed participated in and taken more seriously in the last five years i would say than it ever has before and the growth from almost complete you know being a complete sideshow to men's football to being something that is almost you know at the same level in terms of um at least viewership and attendance where where did that come from did that come from 
the actual players and competitiveness of what was going on the field itself or is there something else that we're we're overlooking i think it's the still the competitiveness of the mm. games mm. they are entertaining to watch now yeah um i mean i watched um, some of the games of the women's european championships and uh, there are some wonder goals yeah from those games mm. and um the opening game of the this year's women's world cup new mm. zealand against uh, norway yeah. That goal scored by New Zealand, that was a typical man's fast break. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, what, what's also been great is that I think that in line with the improved performances, athleticism, the improved um, participation as well, a lot more girls taking part in, in, in football and the growth of the game from a grassroots level all the way to a professional level, I think has gone hand in hand with um, media focus on women's football and I think a lot of social media buzz as well. So I think the the fact that they also have a spotlight on them at this point in time where the level of competitiveness is so high, I think that's also been incredibly beneficial for the for the women's game because yeah. you might be super competitive and playing really exciting football, but if broadcasters aren't interested and there isn't interest from the general public, then it's not going to lead to any sort of growth. But I think that I think it's been uh a symbiotic growth where you know the 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 growth of the game has gone hand in hand with um the growth in media interest in women's football which i think has been crucial to the growth of their game as well Tianyu, what are your thoughts yeah i think uh definitely you know the 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 expansion of the team participation in this year's world cup is is the best proof like you said that women's football has come a long way compared with the time when it was fledging you know it's is you know can, uh, back at the times like in the late 1970s the women's national team played their first official international match uh, and in 1988 fifa held the first international women's fo uh, football tournament in china's guangdong province which is the first official women's football tournament on the international level organized by fifa that's and a nice record for china to have yeah yeah i love that that's fantastic yeah, started yeah. in china yeah that's awesome and only 12 teams were invited in that event and uh in, in the 1995 sweden world cup the attendance levels at some of the group games stru struggled to hit four figures and now in this year's world cup there are 32 teams competing and ticket sales were booming and have reached 1.4 million now that's crazy so, yeah that's incredible but still, looking back, it, it, it was not a smooth journey, you know, especially considering the fact that back in 1921, women were even banned from playing football in England by the English Football Association. Okay. And similar things were happening in Brazil and Germany, where they even had laws forbidding women from playing football back at the times. But that couldn't stop women's passion for football from all over the world growing. And they started to form teams and have professional coaches and even established their own tournaments. In, in 1974, Australia launched the National Championships for Women's Football, which allowed players across the country to compete on the pitch. So uh, this, this annual tournament was rotated around different states, and that could lead to some costly travel fees for the participants and some players couldn't afford to be on that journey and they had to go and do a lot of fundraising and they would make and sell a lot of cakes and uh, <laughs> and just did all sorts of other fundraising activities that players and their clubs and federations had to do in order to get to these places 
And also in other countries, like uh, for Co Colombia's female football players, being able to play professionally is is a very recent change. Uh, in 2019, FIFA and the the South American Football Federation created a rule that says men's team can play in international competitions only if the club invests in professional female teams. So so yeah, thanks to the the, the concerted efforts from from female players, from the organizers, and also the audiences, the media around the world, they have been able to get more and more and more attention. The competitions are getting more competitive, and the and the growing number of players were able to play professionally. Yeah, I think we have to give a lot of credit to, like you said, certain footballing um, organizing committees around the world, you know, national committees, like you said, like Colombia and uh, other countries that have really pushed to grow the women's game. But I think a huge amount of um, praise also needs to go to the actual female players yes. and the teams themselves, because like you said, they really had to come from ridiculously tough backgrounds and, you know, a lot for a lot of the competitions they had to fund their own way there i mean even as recently as the previous world cup that was uh won by the usa if i'm not uh, mistaken the last fifa's mm -hmm. women's world yeah, cup yeah. yeah i mean they had to push dramatically to get you know the same level of pay as the usa men's team who are nowhere near as successful as the yeah. women's team you know looking for equal pay equal sponsorship rights television rights that kind of thing so the the, the fight to recognize the success and importance of women's football still continues, but it seems to be making great strides because like uh, like you said, I mean, you know, ticket sales, 1.4 million. The, so obviously the attendance has been incredible. The viewership numbers have also been smashing records mm -hmm. this year. Um, and the actual games themselves are really entertaining to watch. And there's genuine global interest um, in terms of actual attendance and viewership. So it really is great to see that a host of efforts from a host of groups and individuals that are determined to grow the women's game. Yang Guang, Team China are the reigning Asian champions. Um, I think that they've got a really good CV at this point in time going into the Women's uh, World Cup. I think they should be very confident going into this year's competition. But what do you make of Team China's prospect at the Women's World Cup? And is the goal of reaching the quarterfinals a realistic target for them to, to reach? And is it something they could even go beyond? Uh, well, I have to say it's um, it's a tough one um, because China is in a tricky group. England is the European champion and represents the latest the trend of um, women's football. Beating England would be a mountain to climb. Um, Denmark is also a tough opponent. Uh, Xu Qingxia, the head coach of Team China, made this comparison. Uh, Denmark can dominate European powerhouse Sweden, while Sweden once easily beat Team China. Of course, you cannot make these kinds of mathematics in football, but it does tell um, how good Denmark is. Mm. Then, and how tough the group is, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Haiti is an unfamiliar team, even for those powerhouses. Who knows if it's able to cause one or two upsets. I just hope Team China would not be the victim of that sort of crash. So, yeah, it's a difficult group. Some fans have predicted that the best possible scenario for Team China is one win, one draw, and one loss, which should be enough to help them go through to the knockout stage. Uh, but I must say, China is the Asian champion, um, as you said, and used to reach the final of the World Cup. Fans should have faith in this team. Um, the team may not be the same as in the 1990s, which was arguably the best time for the Chinese squad, and now they are ranked out of top 10 in the world. But I still remember the time when 
They won the Asian Cup last year. In that final, China came back from two goals down against、mm. the South Korea to beat them through a stoppage time winner. Wow! I can still feel that chill.、Um, perhaps China can trigger more miracles in this year's World Cup, and a quarterfinal may not necessarily be the destination for this team. Yeah, and I think that you know, winning a final in that way is particularly significant because it obviously look they obviously had the quality to get through to the final, but then to fight from two goals down just in a regular ma- in, in a regular match is incredibly、yeah. difficult. But in a final,、um, really shows that they've got resilience as well. So I think. You know, I think they've got the confidence, they've got the talent.、Um, so we just have to hope that、um, obviously, and they've obviously got the backing of the entire of China.、Um, so we just have to hope that they use the confidence gained from、uh, you know their most recent success and take it into the World Cup. And we're obviously wishing Team China the very best of luck. Indeed, Tianyu, what do you make of、um, Team China's chances? Do you do you agree with Yang Guang's assessment? Yeah, I, after seeing the Chinese girls winning the Asian Cup last year, I think a lot of people like me. Have rekindled our hopes for Chinese football,、mm. but just six months before they were crowned on the Asian Cup, they had an extremely disappointing journey back in the Tokyo Olympics, where the Chinese team suffered five nil and two eight losses to、mm. Brazil and the Netherlands, and drew four four with Zambia, whose rankings were over eighty places behind them. <laughs> and and they also broke broke the record for conceding the most goals in a、Ooh. single. Olympic event. Wow,、the、they must have had some serious team talks after that competition <laughs>、yeah. to then go on、yeah. and win a tournament after that. They must、yeah. have been like, guys, this is enough of this nonsense. Yeah, and the and the poor results were largely due to the fact that they they didn't field some of the key players、uh, okay. who helped them win the qualification to took part in the Olympics. But but instead they chose five players who had never played a major international level match. So yeah, but after that, after that, they they changed the coach just two months before the kickoff of the 2022 Asian Cup. No surprises there. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the, the new coach Shui Qingxia became China's first female head coach who participated in almost all the major tournaments for China from 1986 to 2001. So someone that's been there,、yeah. that knows what it's like, can、yeah. relate to the girls.、Uh, yeah, smart pretty- move. Experienced, a veteran. Very smart move. Yeah, and under her her coach, the Chinese team became a a completely different team. She she refielded some of the key players in the squad, and enabled the players to foster the stamina and resilience to help、uh, that helped them to come back from deficits twice in the final against South Korea in the tournament, and and her tactics are very adaptive adaptable. The the style of play. Exhibited against Japan and South Korea was completely different from the football China presented against Iran or Vietnam, and and the flexibility can be shown by Wang Shanshan, the captain of the team,、uh, a veteran who can switch between striker and center back. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, awesome. Yeah, but, but but what's different from the Asian Cup is that this time in the World Cup they they're gonna face stronger opponents from Europe、right. and America.、Mm-hmm. And even though the Chinese coach said it's definitely a step up, yeah, yeah, advancing the to the quarterfinals is their goal, but actually qualifying for the knockout stage would be a huge challenge. You know, Denmark and England are very tough rivals, and Haiti, with several players in the French top league, should not be underestimated. And、uh, but but I still think we should have some confidence in the Chinese team. They ha- they they have six players who are currently playing in、uh, European football leagues and、uh, a bunch of veterans. Who have participated in previous editions of World Cups? 
uh, I think with this squad, the goal of qualifying for the quarterfinals is achievable. Mm. But uh, we need to figure out a way to navigate games full of tall and strong European and American players. <laughs> And uh, we'll see what kinds of surprises the Chinese girls can present to us. Yeah, I think there's definitely room to be optimistic. And of course, we are wishing Team China the very best of luck indeed. But we're going to take a quick break and I'll pass it over to Yang Guang, who has this past week's top sporting headlines. Well, first of all, congratulations to New Zealand. The country took its first ever victory at the FIFA Women's World Cup by edging former champion Norway 1-0 in tournament opener in Auckland. Australia's Victoria State has withdrawn as host of the 2026 Commonwealth Games due to a massive increase in the projected costs of staging the multi-sports event. Italy has clinched its first UEFA European Under-19 Championship title since 2003, besting Portugal 1-0 in the final. Veteran defender Jordi Alba is set to join former FC Barcelona teammates Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets at MLS site Inter-Miami. Organizers of the 2024 Paris Olympics have tested boats along a 6km route on the River Seine as a practice run for part of the opening ceremony. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. Yang Guang, um, of course, you know, we've already mentioned some of the physicality and the, the high level of professionalism from some of these European and uh, South American and American teams that are going into the World Cup. I think that there are a lot of teams that are looking really, really strong at this point in time. But which teams are your favorites to win and why? Uh, for me, the favorite team to finally win the trophy must be a European team. Okay. Um, yeah, Team USA is is good, I know. They are the betting favorites, but uh, I have to say they kind of stayed where they were over the past few years. So while the European teams were making tremendous progress, yep. either on the club or the national team levels. Um, as I said, the games of last year's Women's European Championship blew my mind. I believe a European team would finally go to the podium after the final. Either it's England, Germany, France, or mm. Sweden. And actually, in the last Women's World Cup, European teams took up seven spots out of the last eight. Jeepers. And uh, these four years, like I said, they improved even further. I yeah. would make this bold prediction. Team USA would not make it into the final this year. They wow. would be stopped early. By a European team. Okay. I mean, I can see that happening. I think in particular, England and France for me look really, really strong. Mm -hmm. um, but wow, I, <laughs> disc discounting USA to get to the final, that is a bold predic <laughs> uh, prediction indeed. So it'll be very interesting to see how... I think Team USA is a good yardstick for um, these European teams to use to see how far they've come. Mm -hmm. So I think once they do come up against the USA, and also that's something that the USA needs to be aware of is that like, look, we are the top dogs. We've been dominating women's football for like, what, 40 years or whatever it's been. Um, so I think that they also need to be aware that teams are coming for them. Yeah. And I think they also will definitely not be underestimating some of these European teams that, like you said, have really um, grown dramatically, um, particularly since the last European Championship, which also, like you said, was really, really exciting to watch. Tianyu, do you share Yang Guang's sentiments? Do you think it's potentially the end of the USA's dominance? Well, I, I'm going to say I, I still believe in the Team USA. <laughs> you know, the, the US is 
still one of the biggest favorites. Yeah. They they just have been the game's super power for so long as as they have a mix of experienced and veteran players. But uh, this time they're missing some key players with injuries, but they still have many young talents like uh, Sophia Smith and Trinity Rotman who can play key roles in the team. And and a couple of months before they just beat Japan, Brazil, and Canada to win the She Believes Cup with no losses, we can. So still they're coming see... into the competition undefeated. Yeah, they, their <sighs> okay. their yeah. dominance is still there, you know. But yeah, but like Yang Wang said, apart from the four-time World Cup winner, the European powers are also catching up very quickly. Yep. And among them, England is one of the best teams at the World Cup. They they boast one of the world's best um, central midfielders uh, in Kara Walsh, who currently plays in Barcelona. And a group of young talents like Arsenal forward Alicia Russo yeah. and Manchester United midfielder Ella Toon. Yeah, I kind of want to draft her into the men's team at the moment, actually, <laughs> considering our performances in the last year or so. She's incredible. Yeah, and and, and even their head coach, Serena Wickman, is one of the game's top managers. Yeah, she is, yeah. So, yeah, even though they, they're without several key players because of injury, England is definitely a major title contender with, with a pretty strong squad. Mm. And, they seem to have uh, a great squad unity as well. Like, I've seen a couple of... Um, I, I obviously follow Sky Sports on um, social media, and they seem to... And they post a lot of videos of the, the women's team, obviously, in the build-up to the World Cup. And they just there seems to be a, a great sense of togetherness in that squad. They all seem to really know each other. They seem to have played together for a long time. Mm. And I think that's very important going mm-hmm. into a World Cup. They seem to have a really tight-knit unit. Um, Yang Guang... Tian, you mentioned one or two players there, um, particularly for England, that are some uh, superstars to look out for that could have a real impact at this year's uh, Women's FIFA World Cup. Any other names that come to mind that should be the breakout superstars mm. from this tournament? First name in my mind, Sam Kerr. Yep. She's arguably the best striker in the world right now. Mm. People she's call... missing at the moment though, right? She's, I think she had, yeah. she's missing the first two games. She will be back. Yeah. Um, people call her the Cristiano Ronaldo in women's football. Uh, she definitely deserves attention, scoring 54 goals in 67 games for Chelsea Jeez. since she landed in women's Crazy. Premier League. Uh, she also More has like Erling a- Haaland than Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She also has a stellar career on the national level um, with 60 goals with Australia. She's in her prime at age of 29. I believe she can definitely help host Australia in mm. its quest to achieve the best results of a Women's World Cup. And they managed to win their first game without her, right? Mm-hmm, so yeah. that things are looking really good for Australia yeah, too. It's a solid start. Yeah. And uh, veteran striker Marta right. from Brazil, yeah. Yeah. who probably played her last World Cup at the age of 37. Mm. I think they're shifting her to the midfield these days, aren't they? Like they've, I remember seeing an interview where they yeah. said that they've kind of adjusted her role in mm-hmm. the squad, where I think she's playing like a, a deeper role or something yeah, like that. Am, like am I right? Yeah, it's drawback a little. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Midfield. Yeah. Right. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, even though she has never won the World Cup with the national team in the past, the five editions, Jeez. she had participated. She already has become a legend. 17 goals at the World Cup, the mm. most by any player, male or female. Crazy. Uh, Brazil may not be the title favorite, and Marta will probably stay on the bench for the most of time, but to witness the swan song of a legendary player, and it would be like um, watching Messi play 
this <laughs> final World Cup. It's uh, yeah. it would be a big moment for football and uh, would definitely be one of the highlights of this Women's World Cup. Oh, as a Ronaldo fan, the way Messi's career just ended so perfectly so yeah. still bothers just me to this. Really oh, it really bothers me so much. Anyway, but yeah, it's undeniable now. He's the goat. There's no there's no ifs or buts. He's the best. Um, and and Marta definitely has an argument um, for being the goat of women's football. She's definitely up there for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what um, impact she has on the Brazilian women's team. Any other players, Tianyu, that jump to mind? Well, yeah, apart from the, the names that Yang, Yang Wang introduced, I think in, in our team, in Team China, our star player is Wang Shang. She, she mm. is the standout performer in Team China. She used to play for Paris Saint-Germain and has now moved to, uh, moved to the U.S. to join Racing Louisville uh, FC. The, the, the 28-year-old can switch her position from an attacking midfielder to a second striker. And she, as the most skillful player in the team, she is the source of creativity and highlights mm. in the game. Yes, we will definitely be keeping an eye on her and, of course, Team China and all of the other teams that are participating at this year's FIFA Women's World Cup. It should be fantastic to watch. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic. And we'll see you then. Bye.